How do you stay inspired during these times? What inspires you to be creative? My next guest is a director and writer, and we want to ask her how she's been inspired during this time, during this pandemic, and out throughout her career. Please welcome Ashley Elizabeth Green to One Mic Night Podcast. Welcome, Ashley. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm Listen, good. I'm really good. I'm really, good. really good. I have questions. <clears throat> yes, so, I'm ready to answer. The first one is, who is Ashley Elizabeth Green? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, to make that really easy and simplicity, um, Ashley Green is from Baltimore, Maryland. She's feisty. She's confident. Um, a visionary. Pisces all day. Mm, okay, okay. Um, screenwriter, director. She's um, your best friend. Um, I'm all those b- beautiful things. Fiery, firecracker, no filter. All those things, I would say. It's me. Okay. Baltimore born, you said, right? Yes, Baltimore, Maryland, born and raised. How was that for you? How was that growing up in Baltimore? Um, it it was it's beautiful. Baltimore is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, it's called Baltimore. It's a city, but the way how Baltimore is, it isn't really a city because um, the arts is not a big deal in Baltimore like it is in um, New York City. But growing up there, uh, it's much slower, and it was nice. It was beautiful. I come from a two-parent home. Um, my parents been married over forty years, um, so I'm a middle child. Um, mm. So it was nice. It's nice, but it's definitely slower and different. And the hustle is really different. It's more about education right, and yeah. blue-collar work mm-hmm. than it is about the arts. Because when I told my parents I was going to be full-time in art, they were like, "What?" You know, <laughs> so, yeah. what, what did they have dreams of you doing, or what, 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 what were they pushing you towards? Well, ever since I was like uh, eight, uh, I said eight o'clock, it's so early. Um, ever since I was like um, eight, my dad wanted me to be a lawyer and then become a judge. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going to school for law, I mean, I was going to major in law, but I decided to major in English and um, to get ready to do law you know, law school, mm-hmm. but I just discovered ever since I was little, I was always writing stories just to myself, like just as a little kid, because I had such an imagination. And, um, and then I just got caught up in stories and I never thought about doing anything in the arts, but ever since I was in um, English literature, I was always a really, um, I always read a lot. And so that's just when it became like, I came, started getting disinterested in like trying to be a lawyer. And then, you know, how you start getting disinterested in like your parents, you know, right, yeah. was that the turning point for you when you were in the Eng- English literature? Was there a certain teacher or something that sparked, you know, the writing or the sensation of, of, you know, the love and the passion for it? Um, you even know? No, no, actually. Yeah. Um, I did have teachers, um, two teachers. I, Definitely adore um, Professor Makishwa. He's at Bowie State University and Dr. Shea at Bowie State University. And they always told me I should get into the arts. But um, at that time, 
I was like, no, that's not me. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know? Right. I actually didn't get um, that boom, the aha moment until um, until after my um, divorce um, at the age of like 29. And when I moved to New York, it's when I actually was like, I'm going to do um, acting. Mm. Yeah. So that was like, that was kind of the catalyst for it all. Yeah, that was you, you catalyst. stripped it off and you were just like, let me, let me, yeah, start a new me and do what I want to do. Exactly. A new me. It's like about, about time that happened, it's like when you go through something like that traumatic, you're like, there's nothing else that can go wrong in your life. You might as well just take a chance on what you're trying. You know, what whatever <laughs> passion you think, you might as well just take a chance. Here's the thing. It. Not many people get to that point. What was it for you that just made you say, fuck it all. Let me just... Let me just do it. Um, a lot of people but, never get to that point. It's There's a fear factor that goes along with it. That is true. I think what got to me that point, I think I've always heard the whisper of like God. But I think what got me to that point was like, I never saw myself divorcing. Mm. And, and I was just like, you're getting a divorce. You don't want to live in Baltimore. Like, what it, like, it, it, like there was like an aha moment of like, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Like, right, what yeah, do you yeah. want to do? And that's when um, I'm such a, I believe in the power of prayer and I'm such a prayer warrior in my own life. I just started being like, what do you want to do, Ash? And I just started writing it down. And I put LA or New York, wherever apartment I get, I'm going to move to. Boom, I love that. It was just I love it. Was that. I love that. I yeah. Love that. That's incredible. Cause like I said, people never, you never, a lot of people don't reach that point. You know, you in the back of your mind, you know what you want to do, but the fear factor is too much. People have responsibilities or whatever, but you never reach that point. That's a good place to be in. Yeah, it is. I think traumatic situations, I think if you really listen, you understand like, oh, like you're like, I think traumatic situations let you hear like the whispers of God are always happening around yes. us, right? Yes. I think if you stay in tune and you just really listen. Cause I remember I was crying and sobbing with like, oh my God, my life is terrible. I'm getting divorced, da da da. And then that's just what I heard God was like, what do you want to do? Stop crying, what do you want to do? But it wasn't like a mean, what do you want to do? It was one of those things like, what do you want to do? Right. And that's when I was just like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. And I just made a decision. You know, and how do you feel about New York? What's what's the life been like here oh for you in New God. York? New York is. <laughs> we either New love York it or we hate like, it both at the same time. We love it and we hate it. Yo, you you know it's right? so funny. Right? I think like right now it's been too many snow days for us, so we hate it. It's right. New Yorkers. Right. We're. I noticed this. New Yorkers. Like I think I've become kind of like a New Yorker. We're such extroverted people. And I think that's the main thing about us. Like we do not like being inside. We love conjugating, meeting people, um, connecting, hustling. That's why we move here. We move that's here for that. Exactly. And I think that's why everybody's getting so rambunctious right now because oh, yes. It's a nightlife. It's, you know, going out to theater, going out to dinner, going out to the club, going out, you know, like yeah. meeting people in social places, having some drinks. You know what I mean? So everybody's going crazy right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. How are you dealing with the snow and everything? 
I, I'm fine. I mean, I, you know, you have to find a sort of a peace in yourself. You know, there are things that come out of it. And that's what I was going to ask you. What have you been doing, doing during this time? This podcast came out of this whole pandemic. Oh, I love that. So yeah. I had I had a brand called One Mic Night where we had a live series, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, an open mic for 14 years. Everything shut down now. How do mm. I how do you parlay that into something else, but continue to be an artist, a content creator, you know, and inspiring people, motivating people. So this came out of that. Oh wow. This came That's out of that. So, I love that. Right? I love it. So we're in a virtual world now. So I can now, I'm always you're always so busy in New York. You're always busy in New York. But you can now tap in to see your friends perform. You know, I've seen all my friends perform now because they're doing it virtually. Yeah. It's been the best of times and the worst of times for me. Oh yeah. I what, I what about you? I think for me, it's been a hidden blessing. Mm, yes. I, it's been really a hidden blessing where um, whatever I'm trying to do, I have honed in so much. Um, like I'm a screenwriter, so I've been definitely writing those um, films that I've been in my mind for a minute. Yes, yes, yes. Putting myself more on deadlines, and just it's just been like knocking it out, you know, just knocking it out. So it's really been a blessing, and also reconnecting with people, right. you know. Right. Reconnecting with people in a matter of like the friends that I don't talk to as much. Now we talk almost every day. Every day um, yeah. And then now, and I also <laughs> noticed that like because everything's virtually, like you have to be on social media, you have to connect in a different way. You do. You know? You do. Um, it makes you think out of the box of how to earn money, how to do things. So it's been, it's been, I'm gonna be honest, it's been a, a, a really a hidden blessing for me. I, I could you know, not agree with you more. Let me tell you, this is what's happening too. Like we are, we are now like because of the events that happened last summer. Let's let's talk about let's talk about the politics and the George Floyd and you know okay. it's, it's always a hot topic to talk about. So yeah. I think the movement for people of color has become, you know, equality, unity, wealth, empowerment, um, diversity. Like this whole thing is just snowballed into something. So where are we now? You know what I mean? Like my mission now is to increase financial wealth for myself. So what are you gonna do? You, you become an entrepreneur. How are you gonna do that? You take what you have, you take your knowledge, you take your skills, and you parlay that into something, you know, that's that's marketable. You learn about the stock market, you know? Yeah. The stocks, you know what I mean? Like we have to learn those things. I agree, I totally we agree. have to share them with each other. If I have knowledge, I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. You know, I'm not, it's not uh, crabs in a barrel. We have to do all this together. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Totally. It's, yeah. it's one of the things where I've noticed um, that even when um, the Black Lives Movement protest was happening and it was very um, evident in Harlem, because I live in Harlem, mm -hmm. and it made me just really realize like, it might not be safe to protest for me. For me, I didn't feel safe for me. Right. But I told myself I can do whatever I can and push and also start where you are right now. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. because I feel like the I feel like what's what people are forgetting is that at the end of the day, especially for black folks, we might not be able that like let's just say, right, the table's not for us. But also 
even if you don't have the tools to build the table, start where you are. Start where you, you are. Know, Absolutely. Show up for yourself in yes. so many ways. You know, start showing up for yourself. And I think that's the bigger idea of our existence that we just need to start showing up for ourselves. Right. You know I think I think you said it too. You know the protesting and things. It's not for me. I'm a man of a certain age. I'm you know the younger kids do that. They go out and they do. They can do the physical thing and they are out. You know protesting and marching. I do what yeah. I can. I'm behind the computer. I'm donating. I'm you know pushing other people forward. Yeah. I'm you know what I mean. Like you do what you can to support the movement. We have to. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like I believe, like um, everybody has their part. Right. In this movement, you and know, here's the beautiful thing, too. And I don't mean I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But because of this pandemic, <clears throat> it wasn't just the black and brown people joining in. Right. Yeah, it wasn't. That's it was right. That's the that beautiful was thing. Beautiful. It was yep. nice that people, especially people who were not black and brown, they started waking up. Absolutely. And your friends who you be in plays with. Or, uh, or you're dating or whoever, everyone's like, are you with me or are you not? You it really starts making people be like, are you woke or are you not? Because That's you right. can't get me, but it, what are you trying to do with me in this um this place that is happening to my people? Right. If you you're know? my friend, if you're my partner, if you're my lover, my wife, my husband, whatever you are, you got to make some noise too. Yeah. You got to make exactly. some noise too. And that's how I believe, like, you can do that right where you are. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're in an interracial relationship, yes, if yes. you're in a family, let's just say the husband is white or, or you know, or whatever. Whoever is giving y'all the hardest time and y'all don't correct them when they make racial slurs or racial intuitions or something like that, then now is the time to be like, no, that's not fine. Right. That's not cool. Those right. are the little things that is a big thing in like in hindsight where you can correct people and you can do that right where you are. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <clears throat> those things count. They do count. You know? And the so. thing too is we're not looking for, it's not, you know, this goes for not just racial, it goes for equality across the board. We're not looking for yeah. tolerance. We're looking for acceptance, understanding. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those are the key words. It's not like, I'm going to tolerate this person. No, understand where this person is coming from. You got to have a certain amount of empathy you yes. know, see someone else's perspective to know yes. what's happening. Yes. Yeah, I think um, this past summer really made everybody just look at a deeper level of how they uh, how they actively listen yes. when it comes to people and cultures. Mm -hmm. But also, like, what are you doing in this life? Yeah. You know what I mean? What, yep. what are you doing to contribute are you contributing trauma or are you helping to negate that? Right. Like what, what are you doing? You know? So right. I, we all took a deeper level of like, even for me, I was just like, what am I doing to, am I creating trauma for somebody or am I bringing joy or if I'm helping the situation, you know? Right. And, and so how did that, how did that manifest for you in terms of, you know, how did, how did you reach in? What was the, what was the process for you? what did you do? Um, I would say, um, what really helped me a lot was I, I have a lot of, um, guy best friends and I just started celebrating them more. You know, I mm. really started thinking about like, they're always thinking about me. They're always taking care of me. Um, the way they even treat, um, the women that they're dating, um, they're always, um, treating them with, um, 
being special. I started noticing on, I started really honing in on like the guy friends that I have, they have such a vulnerability that is so hard in this world. They're not able to show. And I just started looking at them in a different way of like, wow, like that takes bravery for you to be vulnerable and, and also be in this world and you have to be tough. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah so I sure. just started like praising them more and speaking more life into them. I would say. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. How have you done it for yourself? Do you, do you practice religion? You mentioned this before religion, spirituality. Has that been I'm, something that's come out even more now? You know, I, mean? um, I can say that it's, it has for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm not religious at all. Uh, I'm not Christian or anything. I'm very spiritual. I do my devotions. I do my journal taking. I do prayers. Um, but I would say I have gotten deeper with my prayers and my journaling. So, because I believe that there's a lot of things about me that was like wounded and I've been doing definitely a lot of self-healing. Self-healing. So, I would say my prayers have gotten like way deeper. Yeah. It's definitely important. The self-healing, you you have to do the self-healing or you're not gonna move forward. You won't move forward. You're not gonna move forward. And and then one thing I was um, talking to someone like, I noticed that when you do a lot of self-healing, a lot of the times where you think you need to go in life, you know how like you think you're having roadblocks in your career, really has to do with like the trauma that you're not even um, dealing with and you have to deal with that. That can be your life. Facts, facts. Yeah, so. I mean, I see how it manifests. You know, I came from a broken home, you know, and I can see how it manifested. And until, you know, my mother became a single parent, she moved forward, she put herself back through school, grad school, became valedictorian, scholarships, you know what I mean? Like she excelled, educator, education administration, you know, and those kind of things. And I'm lucky to to come from a home like that, where she always pushed me forward as a black man, you know, and taught me to be sensitive, taught me to be, made me do community service, made me do all those things so that I can have that feeling for other people and awareness of other people. Right. Yeah. No, I feel you. Um, and I love that, like, because that's the one downfall I will say about me. Coming from a two-parent home, my parents are great people. I love my mom and dad, but they never encouraged me um, about, uh, they never saw my gifts. Mm. You know, sometimes we don't see our parents' gifts. Right. I mean, we don't see our children's gifts. Uh, and it's always dreams deferred. The things that they didn't do, they want their kids to do. Right. So those are the things that like, I I pray that I will break that generational curse with my own children, you know? So I will see their like, "Mm," I will see their gifts and be like, and help them maneuver into their gifts. Well, they're also from a different, you know, from a different generation. You're right. And you know, the way they grew up was, listen, you gotta, you know, you gotta be a teacher. You gotta be a lawyer. You gotta be a doctor to make it in this world, you know, where we, are here and we think maybe an artist maybe you know be who you want to do you notice your child's talent and you push them towards that you know it's a little bit different from the way that is that is true i was that that's so, so true yeah. that is true it would just be nice if we get a little bit more support from our family yeah sometimes. of course of course <laughs> i mean i started out pre-med I started out pre-med, but my really? mother, I, yep, I started out doing, I was an actor all of, you know, throughout my life, but I started out pre-med, and then I got to college, I was like, no, I want to be, I want to be an actor, I want to continue acting. Wow, yeah. that is 
my mother, my mo- I called her up on the phone. I was like, Mom, can I tell you something? <laughs> and she was like, what, baby? I said, I'm, I'm not going to be pre-med anymore. I'm, you know, I'm going to be an actor. She said, okay. Really? I kid you not. Uh, kid you not. Yeah. My parents would have died. They would have died. That's a good mommy. That's a good That's mom, a good right? One. Good supportive mommy. That's right. What inspires you as a writer, as a director, as an artist? What and uh, who? Because we're, um, we're at a powerful time right now where women are yeah. coming to the forefront and doing some amazing things or being noticed for doing some amazing things. Let me rephrase that. Um, I would say what inspires me the most. Oh my gosh, I'm such a daydreamer. I'm such a daydreamer. Like I, I have all these visions all the time. I'm such a daydreamer. I would say what inspires me most is daydreaming. Mm. It, it's really daydreaming. My my mind is like it just goes to so many places, and That's I just. Beautiful. How do you how do you grasp those dreams and how do you make them? How do you solidify them? Um, I would say now I'm better at taking one project at a time. And that's the one, like I was saying, the hidden blessings with COVID is that at the end of the day, you get to sit with your projects. You get to sit and take the time of like trying to figure out the blueprint on how to execute your plan, your project. So I would say I'll daydream it, I'll write it down, and then I'll start doing the history, especially if we're talking about um, um, screenwriting. And I'll look at the research of what I'm trying to do. And then I just be like, and I write, I, um, I first write by hand when I'm writing things. And then when I'm ready to type, that's when I get my computer out and I'm ready to like rock and roll. I like yeah. that. Yeah, so. Old school way, but the good, the good way. Yeah, because I, yeah. I'm a big believer in <laughs> I don't believe in um, writer's block. I don't believe in writer's block at all. Well, let me say, I don't believe in writer's block for me. Writer's block does not exist in my life because um, one of the things about me is if you do enough research and you know your characters inside and out, there's nothing they can say or if you have your scene set up and things like that, there's no way you can have writer's block because you've done the work. So by the time I sit in my computer, I am ready to be like, like a little mouse, you know what I mean? So I'm just ready to rock. I like that. You have anything that you that you have tucked away or that you're proud of already? That you're or you're still you're still working in pro a work in progress uh, on some things. I'm working on a new project right now, but I have finished a lot of scripts that I'm really proud of. I, I I'm really a type of person <laughs> I try to test myself. Like once I do the research, I'll be like, finish the script, finish a feature in like one week seven days yeah so i'm one of those people like i always try to like test myself um but i would say this one script that i'm working on right now and it's such a really big budget and i can't wait to one day like break that bad boy open and just get it done you know like you be hearing about ashley green 50 million dollar right right you don't yeah, think about shooting, shooting a little trailer just to for your own purposes or maybe just shop it around a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to. I think there's a time I will be able to shop it. Right now, it's not even written. It's just going through a phase of research right now. Gotcha. And there's no, don't get me wrong, because I daydream a lot, there's certain scenes that I already see. So I write down those scenes so I don't forget them. 
but um, it's nowhere near like going to the computer to be written. It's it's not near that yet. Oh, gotcha. I thought it was at first, but it's it's not. I need like at least one more month, and then I'll be ready to be. <laughs> you still got to turn it around in your head like butter. Yeah, I, I got just, you. I got I believe, you. I believe sometimes things have to, like you know, like even with acting. Yeah. When the character sinks in, mm-hmm. you become the character, and I think that's the same thing with the screenwriting is that the characters have to sit with me. I need to know everything about them. So I just let it, I think the more it sits with you, the more you're not second guessing yourself on where you're trying to take the character. You know what I mean? We're all on the same page, you know? Because even though I'm the narrator and everybody's like my puppet, I really believe that if I don't know the character, they can do things where I'd be like, in my imagination, they'd be like, oh, I saw them doing that. Oh, I saw them doing that. But it's like, no, sometimes if you really um, know the character, there's certain things that the character wouldn't do at all, you know? So I'm a real believer in like, just letting it sit with you a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your your Instagram show, which I got turned on to. Now it's called. Yeah. (laughs) Talk to me about that. What's it called again? Because I'm tipsy. Um, It's called Tipsy Talk. Tipsy Talk. Yes, tipsy talks. Yes. Now you do it with you do it with uh, Yoli Yolanda, right? Yes, Yolanda has. Yes. Talk, talk yes. to us about that. Let me know what, what what's going on with that. Um, I- right now we're all in hiatus because we're trying to rebrand it. Um, so we're just rebranding it and um, just trying to get the merch out there. Just trying to do things to just rebrand it so we can do what you're doing, like a podcast. Um, put it on Spotify. You know, so you don't have to be on Instagram to see it. Like you can see it in other ways. So we're just in the phase of like rebranding for 2021. So hopefully you see us um, soon. You I'm know? sure we will. What t- What do you guys talk about? And I, I I know this already, but what do you tell us? What you talk about? Oh, okay. um, it's just unfiltered. Uh, it's unedited. It's like <laughs> it's live. It's live. So Tipsy Times is basically. Um, what we used to do, right, we're drink, but um, both of us are kind of like lightweight, so we started like, okay, drink less. Um, but Tipsy Talks, if everybody tunes in and follow our page um, at Tipsy Talks, um, basically it's just two black women just getting real. Um, we bring up subjects about love, relationships, on how to move and navigate this world. Um, but it's all types of like crazy. It's basically what black women talk about between black women. Right. And it's also about that, it's like being that fly on the wall where you wonder what women are speaking about and thinking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I had to sneak up on in there (laughs) and listen. Uh, Yeah, you get some juicy info in there. You know what I mean? And that's what I like about it. Yeah, it is. It's very um, juicy. And I love that um, a lot of people are missing Tipsy Talks. Um, I can't wait to be back on it either. But um, it's definitely like that homegirl conversation and there is no filter and there is and i think the one thing i do love about um our fans who come on there to make comments there is no right or wrong on how you navigate life right it's all up to you and what you want to do because you know how some people be like well you have to do it no whatever you do as long as you don't hurt yourself we're not about hurting yourself we're just talking about being healthy but whatever works for you in this life it's what you need to do and that's okay because how Yolanda navigates as a woman is different than how I navigate as a woman. And we talk about those things in Tipsy Talks on how we navigate this world as women. Right. You know what I mean? So, you took the words right out of my mouth. 
Yep. Two different yeah. perspectives from, you know, from you two. And it, there is no right or wrong. You're there sharing, is right or wrong. But Definitely. there's a commonality that everybody can relate to, or maybe they have a point of view too. Exactly. That's because why, yeah. Yeah, because when women get together, the one thing we all have in common sometimes, single women, is like either we want a husband or we don't want a husband, or we're talking about career, or we're like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many things that we're even talking about. And I think the one thing that I think what makes Tipsy Talks a really great podcast um, is because we listen to each other and and we and we really respect each other's um life and how we navigate you know um i'm older than um yo-yo so how i navigate life is different than how she navigates you know what i mean so i think that's what makes it such a brilliant conversation and also like you said there's no filter so we don't we have we have that confidence of like, I don't care what you think about what I'm saying. Cause what I say is how I was, what I'm saying. And it doesn't matter what you think, because I know who I am. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I was tipping <laughs> through, I was tipsy and through that, through that. <laughs> I love that. Through the IG trying to find out some info. Yes. <laughs> Last thing, what are you, what are you listening to right now? What are you listening to music? You caught me at such a great time. I'm listening to nothing but jazz right now. Mm, I went mm. back to old school, Servan, um, Duke um, Ellington, John Coltrane, Miles Davis. Um, I'm really like honing on that. I made like a little playlist for myself. So that's what I'm listening to right now. I love it. And that's yeah. where it should be. That's exactly where it should be. Yeah, it always goes back to jazz. It no sure matter does. what you listen to, it always goes back to jazz. It sure does. Yeah. Well, Ashley Green, I want to thank you for your time and thank you for coming on One Mike Night Podcast. Please tell everybody how we can get in touch with you, how we can find you, how we can be tipsy, how we can do all that stuff. Oh my gosh. So follow um, Tipsy Talks on Instagram um, and follow um, me at Ashley Elizabeth Green. Yeah. Are you, are, you on, are you on Twitter also or no? I'm not on Twitter. I only like Instagram. So you can follow me on Facebook, but I will not know because I just have the page and I don't pay attention. That's right. Do one and do it well. Also follow my production company, Man Plans God Laughs Inc. You want to spell it out? Man. Yeah, it's just Man Plans God Laughs Inc. There you go on Instagram. Y'all don't get that. I can't help y'all. Can't help you. She can't help you. <laughs> well, thank you once again for coming on the podcast. This is thank one Mike Knight podcast. You. Please, everybody, make sure you follow Ashley Green on Tipsy. Tipsy <laughs> Talk. Because of Tipsy Talk. <laughs> Tipsy Talk. And man, plan God's. God last name. Last name. And follow me at Ashley Elizabeth Green. There you go. And you can follow us at One Mike Night. One Mike Night is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. You can also follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Please make sure you share these episodes. We got some interesting people here who are inspiring. Thank you all who have shared all these episodes already. You can also watch us on YouTube. Go to the One Mike Night page on YouTube. Click the bell. Above. Make sure you don't miss any, any of these episodes. I want to thank you guys all for joining me in this podcast episode. I'm Chris Luis. See you next time.